The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message.
power to become. Okay, people from all those places online. Wow. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. All those countries already on. Now, power to become. Um, my assignment is pretty straightforward. Like I said, let's just focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. And God will do what only he can do in our lives in the name of Jesus. Today happens to be in the calendar of the church, I mean the global church, um, the day that is known as Pentecost. Pentecost. Pentecost is, is the day that the Holy Spirit was released on earth in the fullness. Pentecost is also the day the church of Jesus was born. So Pentecost is the birthday of the church. So happy birthday, church. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So we take our text from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 6 to 8. Acts 1, 6 to 8. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. This was after Jesus had resurrected and he was about to be taken up. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know anyway. And verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The people that followed Jesus, even the people that followed him closely, they had an agenda for him. They, they wanted Jesus and they saw Jesus as a political deliverer. And many attempts were made to make him king. Jesus had popular votes. When he gave them bread, they said, this is surely our, our king. When, when um, Jesus said that he's going to die and he's going to resurrect again, Peter rebuked him. Why did Peter rebuke him? Peter rebuked Jesus because Peter, if, if you are the president, then we are the ministers. So if you die, then we, we, we have no hope. And Jesus, you know the story, that gets you behind the and, and on and on and on and on. So they, they, their minds, we need to install this man as the political leader. And politicking began at serious levels. Mrs. Zebedee brought her sons, James and John, and said to Jesus, that's the first recorded politics in the company of Jesus. Let my son, one sit on your right hand, and one sit on your left hand. You will, you will think that he's only talking about heaven. She was only talking about heaven. They had a very strong belief that Jesus was going to be 
precedent. Jesus was going to deliver them from Caesar. So when the death of Jesus happened, Peter said, guys, I'm going to fish. I go out fishing. In other words, our hope, our political hope has been dashed. Let's go back to our trade. Now, when Jesus resurrected, they're like, we knew it. We knew we're destined to be commissioners and ministers. So, Jesus was about to be taken up. And they're like saying, oh God, when is this thing going to happen? When are you going to restore the kingdom back to Jerusalem? When are you going to deliver us from Caesar, from the Roman Empire? But you see, the truth is that while they wanted Jesus to mobilize for a political revolution, guess what? Jesus is saying, be ready for a personal revolution. They were saying to Jesus, let's mobilize for a political revolution. You have the power of heaven. Jesus is saying, you get ready for a personal revolution. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and your lives will not be the same again. So they were saying, Jesus, let's use the power of heaven to take over government. But Jesus is saying, let the power of heaven take over you. Because if the power of heaven takes over you, The government really becomes a non-issue. If the power of heaven takes over enough people in Nigeria, I mean the real power of heaven takes over enough people in Nigeria, the government will straighten out. And that power of heaven is going to come upon you today in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will receive power to become. Power to become what? Power to become my witnesses. Now, if you just look at it like that, you will think that it's, 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 it's all just um, evangelism as we know it. But yes, it's that, but there are deeper implications of that. Jesus was saying, and he's saying to us, you be, become and you receive power to become all that God has destined you to become. That is only when you can be an effective witness. And I'll show you. That's only when you can be an effective witness. The lawyers will tell us that, <laughs> that the burden of proof lies with the person making the claim. Is that correct? Lawyers know that. The burden of proof lies with the person making the, the claim. In other words, it is a person that is making a claim that must prove that it's, what he's saying is true. Not only in law, in, in, in philosophy is the same. In science is the same. In physics, in mathematics is the same. If you come up with a theorem, you have to prove it. 
So, so you will notice that every time and everywhere Jesus talked about witnessing or representing him, he talked about power. Why did he do that? Why did Jesus, every time, every time he talked about, you are going to be my witnesses, you are going to represent me, he talks about power. Why? He's saying, you are going to be making a claim and the burden of proof will lie on you. You will need power to make it happen. In Acts 1.8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. What do witnesses do? They testify that this is the case. In Matthew 28, it says, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So you will see repeatedly in scriptures, every time, God never sends people out without empowering them. God never sends people to represent him without giving them what to prove that he's the one that sent them. When he sent the 70 out, the Bible says he gave them power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And they were casting out demons. In Luke eleven twenty. Jesus himself was talking to the, to the Jews, to the Pharisees. He was saying that, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then, if, then, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come up. In other words, you have no more excuses. The kingdom of God has come upon you. So, a Christian without the supernatural cannot be an effective witness. A Christian without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit cannot be an effective witness. That is why today you must hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit more than you hunger for money. More than you hunger for your necessary food. And I'm praying that the power of the Holy Spirit will clothe you. Say amen. amen. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will envelope you amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Miraculous signs will follow you. I mean, if you, if you had been coming for the vigils, You see the Holy Spirit delivering the burden of proof that is alive. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> At the Friday vigil, you saw what happened. The Holy Spirit was saying, I am alive and I am here and I am in charge. Every time you step out, and, and you see, this is so important for us as Christians. Because apart from the power of God, we are not different from Rotary Club. Apart from the power of the risen Christ, we are not different from Sunshine Sisters. I don't know if there's anyone called Sunshine Sisters. In Mark 16, 17, Mark 16, 17, it says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out 
demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle serpents and scorpions with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and the sick will what? Recover. Why will this sign follow? It's simple. The burden of proof lies with the person making the claim. If your God is alive, prove it. That's why Elisha said, okay, you know what, guys, gather all your, your idols. The God that answers by fire, that is the God the nation will serve. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you must have heard me say say this many times. Never, ever be a prophet without fire. No, 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 no. It will be an embarrassing occupation. Never be a child of God without the power of the Holy Spirit. It will be a frustrating experience. But today you will receive power in the mighty name of Jesus. I mean, long ago I've shared the example. I mean, I was in the north with, um, I was serving on that. I mean, you all know Pastor Sam. I'm Sam. I've shared this story before, right? You know, I I was a believer. I mean, I'm a third generation believer. My grandmother was a believer. My mother was a believer. So, I mean, but this man, I saw faith in a way that I've never seen before. We will go for evangelism. And it will be. You know, I was his boy, so I was, I was carrying his Bible, you know, and no, I wasn't carrying his Bible, but <laughs> I was following him. You know, and they will not listen to us. And we'll go from house to house. And it was frustrating. They will not listen to us. In my mind, I'm like, let this guy, let us go home now. I mean, these people don't want to hear us. What's happening? So we don't go to a place. It's like a compound, the odds like this. So in the middle. Then Pastor Sam said, is there anybody blind? Anybody crippled? Anybody lame? At that point, that they should bring the person. At that point, I was looking for the exit. <laughs> no, honestly, I kid you not, that was what I was doing. But I'm a Lagos boy. <laughs> What's going to keep me? It's not going to happen. <laughs> I was like, hey, Pastor, cool down. Cool. Let us just be going there, there, cool down. Now, believe me, we've ha- we're having a vigil one time, and these people stoned us. So I know what I was saying. We're dodging for pellets of stone. Now you are saying, is anybody, if they bring a cripple and it doesn't work, what will happen to us? <laughs> so they brought this boy. He was at least five years old. He has never worked before in his life. By the way, where was I? I'll say amen from a distance. Pastor Sam. A chicken sooner, yes. The boy walked. Now, now listen. My faith. My faith went to another level. I was like, where are the cripple? <laughs> Bring them. <laughs> could make 
sense. Because of the presence of the power of God. The power of God. The power of God will rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And you heard the testimony of, of Ogulua. I mean, it was in Canada all the way on Thursday. We were having communion. You heard his testimony. His son, he gave from there. He prepared his own. The Holy Spirit told him, prepare it. And he prepared it. And he gave the boy. And the boy was instantly healed. That same power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, will intensify in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, you are good. it's from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. That means it's a physical representation of geography. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the world. It's relational. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the people you don't like, end of the world. It is vocational. It has to do with your destiny. Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. God, let me give you an example. If you're a businessman here, for instance, God is going to prosper your business so much. From Lagos, you're going to go to your Judea. The southern part of Nigeria, maybe. Then you go to Samaria, the northern east part of Nigeria. Say amen, come on. Then you go to ends of the world. And so shall it be. Do you receive that today? And, and you see, when we become mighty and we can deliver results, people will have to listen to us. Don't you think so? They will have to listen to us about Jesus. About Jesus. I've told you before, I used to have a boss that will, will, I mean, he's a good guy, my friend, I mean, but, you know, he used to be party, party kind of guy, you know. I've talked to him about Jesus many times, so he hears me away. So, one day, long story short, I was in his office, and he was having this terrible migraine. So, he could, I could actually hardly speak. So, I was about to leave his office, and I turned. I said, oh, God, can we pray? This migraine will go. In Jesus' name. He looked at me. In my mind, I'm like, what are your options? <laughs> really, what are your options? This guy didn't want to hear me talk about Jesus at all. So, yeah, yeah, pray, 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 pray. So we prayed in the name of Jesus. I walked out of his office. His migraine left him. <laughs> Today is the minister of the gospel. Praise the name of the Lord. Power to become. All that God has created you to be is going to rest upon you. Power to become a mother. Power to become a father. Power to be fruitful. Let me pause there. When I say power to become a mother, some people didn't say, say, I'm already a mother. You know, you can have children and not be a mother. And not even have the power. Some people, they're not fathers of their children. They're just like spam donors. You will receive power to become a mother. Power to become a father. 
power to be fruitful. Amen. You will receive power to be wealthy. Amen. You receive power to take territories for Jesus. Amen. You will receive power to stop the mouth of lions. Amen. Power to be healed. Amen. Power to be delivered. Amen. Power to be anointed. Amen. Power to walk in the supernatural. You receive power to become all that God has created you to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. While that is God's intention and it's going to happen in our lives, but we, we, we should not be oblivious of the fact that the enemy also has an intention. And his intention is to, is to prevent people from becoming all that God has created them to be. But Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. By church there, it means people, it means you and I. Not prevail. So, the, the enemy works mainly three ways to to do this. He uses deception. You can take it down. Genesis 3, 4. He said to Eve, you will not really die. Deceive Eve. He uses accusation. Accusation. Revelation 12.10. There are some people, you, you are just coming under intense accusation. People are just accusing you from maybe left, right, and center. God is going to shut their mouth today. In the name of Jesus. He says he accuses the brethren. And number three, he uses affliction. The thief comes, but to, not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God will crush every affliction of Satan in your life in Jesus' name. Now, if we look at, you tackle the first two. The devil usually hopes and wishes with the first two that some people will see themselves like they have no need for repentance. It deceives people. You have no need for repentance. You're fine. You're even better than some pastors. Have you heard that before? You know, things are not, you know, it's deception. Don't, don't bite it. It's deception. It's deception. And, and for some people, for others, it tells them that there is no hope for mercy. There's no hope for mercy. Which is, you are too bad. Can't you see your life? Everybody is calling Jesus. If I hear man from your mouth, if you say, Jesus, I'm going to, you have no hope. He's an accuser. It's a lie. I heard somebody say, and it's so true, that when a young lady is struggling with abortion, and she's going to the abortion clinic, that the devil will be shouting, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But when she's coming out, the devil is waiting outside. I say, you are finished. Your life has been the same devil. And God wants to scatter his, lie, his house of lies in your life. And he will scatter them in the mighty name of Jesus. If you look at 1 Thessalonians 1.9, and it's just a beautiful way of, of just 
crushing it, the whole thing. First Thessalonians 1 9, I'm going to read the B part. It says, They tell how, it's talking about testimony of the Thessalonian church. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living God. Now pay attention. They tell how you turned to woo from woo to serve the living God. What are idols? I mean, idols are idols. Today, some people are still going to herbalists. Literally. Christians, literally. But for some of us, are like, oh, no, I'm not in that category. I don't, I don't go to, you know. But there are things in our lives that have taken the place of God. It's an idol. Anything that takes God's place is an idol. Anything. Sometimes they are, they are innocent things. I, I well, I, I like to play games, you know, computer games. I'm a gamer and, you know, I have a lot of, you know, I know a lot of gamers. But it's easy for the console to be your God. You wake up in the morning, that's your first assignment. You worship it for two hours. Then you come back from work, then you take it again, you worship it for one and a half hours. Then you have no time for God. It's become your God. For some people, it's, it's football is their God. Football is their God. They must watch Champions League final. Has it happened? When is it final? 25th? Uh-huh. <laughs> it says 28th, or it says 25th. But the ones that know, they know. What time on the 28th, sir? <laughs> 12.45. It's not bad. I'm not saying, I'm not saying football is his idol because he does lose that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, it becomes... An obsession. And it takes the place of God. Anything at all. And I can go on. The list goes on. It could be your spouse. For some people, it's their, it's their wife. It's the idol. Some people, it's their husband. That's their idol. Some people, it's the children. It's the idol. For some, it's money. It's the idol. Can do anything for money. Can sell their mother. For some, it's sex. For some, it's self. But whatever idol it is, you have to turn from it to the living God. That is where deliverance comes. But if you look at that scripture carefully, you see that it's saying, you turn to God from idols. In the original, in the Greek, it actually emphasizes the importance of you are not turning from idols. To God. You turn from, you turn to God from idols. What, what, what's, what's, what's the difference? What's the difference? It's not semantics. No, it's not. You don't turn from, from idols to God. You turn to God from idols. What does that mean? Until you see the beauty of God, you really cannot let go of the Enticement of the idol. And you can clap alone, my sister. Oh, my brother. I'm assuming he's a sister, so I just said brother because it could be a brother. Because brothers are very spiritual too. Do I get an amen? 
So until you see the beauty of the better, you don't abandon the lesser. Until You see, the reason why people come to church and come to church and their lives don't change is because they've never catch a glimpse of who God really is. When you, when, you, when you come in contact with God, which you are going to come in contact with today, you're already in contact with him. You let go of the lesser. There are many of us, before we came to Jesus, we were going from one girl to another girl. You know why? When you meet a more beautiful girl, what happens? You, you feel that you, you switch, you pot, right? Then what happens is that the girl you left that you thought was not beautiful now becomes, begins to look more beautiful than the one you left. Then what happens? Then you want to reconcile. <laughs> you know, it's just a vicious cycle. You see, but, but when you turn to Jesus, you find a new love. You find a new love. <laughs> right there. You find a new love. You find a new love. Personally, that's the story of my life. When I found Jesus, I said to the girl I was dating at the time, <laughs> I was in university, I said to her that I have something to tell you. The way I date someone, and the person says I have something to tell you, you know that it's about to, it's about to pull the rug under your feet. <laughs> so I said, I have something to tell you. And she said, I have something to tell you also. <laughs> I know that there's trouble. You got there, okay. You go first, you go first. Okay, so, the man, I stepped up. I said, you know what? We have to re- end this relationship because right now, I'm in love with Jesus. And I was ready for the pleas and the cries and the begging, and she was laughing. She says, that's exactly what I wanted to tell you. You will not take me to hell. I am in love with Jesus. So, it worked out well. (laughs) You see, we don't have the strength to turn from the things that are bad, even when we know they are wrong. We don't have the strength. We just struggle. We come up with willpower, but it doesn't work. But you see, when, because when you try to turn from your old life to God, you, you, you are fighting a lost battle. You, you, you try to turn from your old life to God. You, you struggle with life. You see, but when you turn to God from your old life, old life, you bubble with life. You are filled with life. So God is what captures that attention away from the old life. And that's what makes it significant. So the things that used to control you now don't control you anymore. You turned from the old love to the new love. When we are struggling with condemnation, we are struggling with deception, we are struggling with accusation, we are struggling with habits that are holding us down. It's because we want to turn from those habits to God. It's a lost battle. 
Because we don't gain lasting victory by fighting those things that are wrong. We gain victory by turning to Jesus. We gain victory by turning to Jesus. So when you are consumed by Jesus, when you are consumed by the love of Jesus, believe me, those things fade away. I didn't know how I was going to live for God. I was like, God, is this even possible? Is it even possible to live a, a life that pleases you? Is it possible to do, <laughs> to do without sex? I was in university. I, I was like, God, this thing is not going to work. But it's not, but, you know, it's not possible. You know, and God said to me, give me a scripture, Jude 24. It says, I'm able to keep you from falling. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you blameless. So, I, I said, if you're able to keep me from falling, then I will follow you. And I've been following Jesus for 21 years. Now, listen. I've come very close to falling. But I did not fall. You know why? And some of you are like, why is he just boasting there? No, 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 no. No, no. You know why? Because I set him before me at all times. Because he is the love of my life. Praise the name of the Lord. That is the key. That is the key. I love the way the, the voice translation, I mean, puts it. It says, it says that you, you turned towards God and realigned your life. Many of us, we need to realign our lives. To serve the one true living God. Now, look at what it says. Living your idols to what? To crumble in the dust. They will all crumble in the dust in the name of Jesus. So it's one thing to have a doctrinal position. It's another thing to, to have a relationship with the living God. It's one thing to have a doctrinal position. I don't believe that women should not cover their hair. I don't believe that men should wear trousers. Sorry. You know, but you know, <laughs> doctrinal positions are strong. But you see, anybody can have a doctrinal position. Anybody. But God is inviting you today to come to the living God and talk to him and speak with him and love him. Why? Because he wants to love you back. And his name is Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is alive. He's alive. You know, people attack Christians a lot. People say, your, your thinking is too narrow. Christians, you are too narrow-minded. How can there be only one way to God? You see, but you know, the, the, the key is this. Listen to this, and, and this will set you free. It did help, help me. The, the key is this, that God is not a product of my thinking. God is God regardless of what I think. Regardless of what I think. So if you have a God that is a product of your thinking, as a product of your philosophy, 
Your God is too small. I have a God that is God even before I knew how to think. And it will still be God after I am long gone and forgotten. You'll be God when you are long gone and forgotten. And Jesus, he said it himself. Nobody, you see, nobody, it wasn't quoted. We've shared it many times. Personally, in my, in my work with God, in my, 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 my faith work, I struggled with this myself. I mean, to the point that I, I had to research major religions of the world. And I said to myself, can this claim be true? Can this Jesus be the only way? Yes, my grandmother has taught me about him. Yes, my mom has taught me about him. Yes, I've given my life to him. But I mean, how can I have friends that are good people? I mean, are they just going to go to hell? And, and I did the study myself. And I've shared the result of the study with you years ago. I did the study. Set me free totally. And I looked at the major religions of the world. Buddhism. The central figure in Buddhism is Buddha. They asked Buddha about the truth on his, on his dead deathbed. Now, this information is the public domain. This no disrespect to Buddha or to any of these people because they are good people in their own right. But on his deathbed, Buddha said, I'm still in search of the truth. In Hinduism, Krishna is the central um, figure. Krishna said, is in the Hindu scriptures. Krishna said, that to get, to get the truth, that the truth is like a butterfly. That to get the truth, you need to chant, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama. That maybe, just maybe, you get the truth. In Judaism, Moses, the central figure. Moses said, a prophet is coming. Him should you listen to. That's what Moses said. In Islam, Muhammad is the central figure. Muhammad said, I am a prophet. I am not the truth. I only point the way to the truth. But Jesus came and said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to follow? That put paid to the first two. Deception, accusation. But God is going to crush every resistance of the enemy in your life in Jesus' name. He's going to crush even affliction in the name of Jesus. And when you begin to become Expect resistance. Expect, just expect it. You know, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gate of hell will not prevail. In other words, there's going to be resistance by the time you begin to advance. There's going to be resistance. But 
as you leave this place, every resistance to your destiny, you crush them by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. There's a story of the Jews. They were coming. They were becoming great. They were moving, you know. Pastor, remember me shared that story in our prayers on Friday. And I said, she has looked at my notes again. Because I'd already written it down. I'd already had my, my structure by Wednesday. And Numbers 23, 24 was already there. I'm like, Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> and there was a king, Balak. He hired the prophet Balaam. And he said, Come and curse these people. They are advancing, they are becoming, they are becoming strong. Come and curse them for me. I want you to know that the reality of the spiritual is that when you begin to advance by reason of the positive supernatural, you are going to be conflicted by reason of the negative supernatural. There are going to be people that you don't even know that will set up altars just to curse you. Just shred this idea that if I don't offend anybody, nobody will be angry with me. The big fat lie. The fact, I mean, look at, look, at, look at yourself this morning. You are looking so pretty and so beautiful and so handsome. But guess what? Some people just don't like that. Why is she dressing so gaily? What's wrong with him? He's even wearing bow tie. <laughs> so Numbers 25 and 6, Numbers 25 6 says, this is Balaam, Balak saying to Balaam, Please come and curse these people for me. Meanwhile, the nation of Israel had no idea that this was going on. For because they are too powerful for me, then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them out of the land. You are going to become too powerful for your adversaries in the name of Jesus. Now believe me, believe me, believe me. You are going to become too powerful for your adversaries. That it will be clear to them that we need to do something about this boy, about this girl. But they will fail. In the name of Jesus. You are not here by chance. Oh, many of you just say, oh, okay, uh, my wife has been pestering me. Let me follow her to church. No, 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 no. God brought you here. For a purpose. And that purpose will be fulfilled. In verse 17 to 18 of Numbers 22. It says, this is Balaam. I will pay you very well. And do whatever you tell me. I can give you all the gold in my palace. He told him in another verse. Just come and curse these people for me. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers. Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against these people. Even if your enemies give all their life worth 
to priests, to ritualists, to wizards, to curse you, they will be powerless. They will be powerless. In the name of Jesus. They will be powerless. Why? Because Numbers 23:23 says, No curse can touch Ulufabi Mune. No magic has any power against God's favorite house. For now it will be said of us what wonders God has done for them. There is no enchantment against you. There's no divination that will work against you. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you a personal story. Very personal story. I think I've shared it once or so. Or so. Many of you will be hearing for the first time. I had some conflict with the head of some occult organization when I, when I just gave my life to Jesus. You know, when I, when I gave my life to Jesus, what I, what I did was I, I would wait for them to finish their program. And I will say, repent! That was what I was doing. And I will go after all their children. I got all their children born again. They were all speaking in tongues. So we wait. We now became, we, we, we're now increasing in number, increasing in number, increasing. As they finish, evangelism. So the guy saw that these boys are going to cause trouble for me. And he stood and he cursed. He addressed me because he felt I was the leader. I didn't know Jesus was the leader. And he cursed heavy curses. And he said, in five years, he's released an arrow. In five years. So when they came to tell me, someone very close to me was in the meeting. And she was shaking. I, I said, why are you shaking? I said, why didn't you say in 24 hours? You were saying in five years that everybody would have forgotten. I said, by the way, it is written. There's no enchantment against me. And interestingly, the same day, that same day, I was reading the same scripture, Numbers 23, 23, that same day. See how the Holy Spirit works? That same day. So when she came, I said, I showed her the scriptures. There is no enchantment against me. Neither is any divination against me. But guess what? I began to count. You know, as a spiritual man, don't take words for granted. Don't go to sleep. I began to count. Year one, year two. And I said, in the name of Jesus, year five, his only son was shot dead. Exactly five years. He was my friend, though. Was shot dead in Lagos. Why? Because the, the arrow was shot and he was looking for where to alight and he could not alight. He could not land. He had to go back to where it came from. Everything, every, every arrow shot at you, we go back to where it came from. In the name of Jesus. 
are going to change for you in a very dramatic form. In verse 9 of, of the 24th chapter, Numbers 24, he says, like a lion, Israel crouches and lies down like a lioness. Who dares arouse her? Do you know what that means? It means that anybody that tries you, there will be consequences. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, beginning from today, anybody that tries you will face the full consequences. It says, blessed is everyone that blesses you. Beginning from today, everyone that blesses you will be blessed. And it says, cursed is everyone that curses you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everyone that curses you will be cursed. And so shall it be. God wants to change your life this morning. God wants to change your life. Totally. God wants to take you from where you are struggling under limitations, under curses, under limitations. You know you are better than this. You know you can become bigger than this. But you could not advance beyond this up until now. The curse will be broken. In the name of Jesus. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Totally broken. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Let's talk to God about what we have heard. Let's talk to God about what you have heard. You are here, you are saying, Pastor, I, I don't just want a doctrinal position. I want a living God. If you feel a deep sense on the inside of you, I need Jesus. I need the living God. I'm tired of these curses. I'm tired. Can you pray with me? I want to pray with you. Oh, you say, I used to be with Jesus. I used to be born again, but I'm backsliding. Can I come back? Yes, you can. Wherever you are, I want to pray with you. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. Now, put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over there. Over there. Over there. Over there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. And overflow. Do we have an overflow? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. That is me, Pastor. God bless you. Put up that hand. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. God bless you right there, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you over there. God bless you at that corner. I can see your hand at that corner. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. That is me, my brother. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. I can see your hand. God bless you, my brother. I can see your hand right there. God bless you. I can see your hand. That is me at the overflow. Keep the hands up. I can see you at the overflow. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep the hands up. I want to pray with you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. Yeah, another hand there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. God bless you. I'm coming to Jesus today. God bless you. I, I, I used to be with him. I've gone back. I want to come back to him. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up and cry to him. Keep the hands up. That is me. Put up the hand. God bless you. There's a hand, another hand over there. God bless you. Keep your hands up. God bless you. 
Now I want you to get up from your seat and come forward to God's altar. Get up and come forward. I have the card. I lifted up my hand, even though they've not given me the card. Can I come forward, Pastor? Come, come boldly. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming. God bless you, my brother. You're welcome, my sister. You're welcome. Now, this is God's altar. As you are here, I want you to begin to pray. Talk to God. I've come to you. I've come to your altar. I have come to your altar. Keep coming from the overflow. Keep coming. Keep coming. Let's keep clapping. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. If there's someone beside you, make a way for him. The ushers, help us. Help us. The people you've given the cards, help them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Let's keep clapping. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. God bless you from the overflow. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming, sir. We are waiting for you. We are waiting for you. You are sitting down there. It takes courage to be out here. Get up. Receive the courage. God bless you. Keep coming. From the overflow, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. That is me. Keep coming. God bless you. Keep coming. We are waiting for you. We are waiting for you. That's courage, my sister. That's courage. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Let's, let's, let's clap. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. God bless you, man. God bless you, man. That's courageous. Keep coming, man. God bless you. You're saying, Pastor, can I join them? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Get up, 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 get up. And make your way. I'm about to pray now. Make your way forward. Get up, get up, get up. Let's keep clapping. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. We are waiting for you. God bless you, my sister. We are waiting for you. Yeah, get up. Come. We are waiting. We will not stop. We will not stop until you get here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. We are here for you. We are here to serve you. Keep coming. Keep coming.
divination in my life. I've come to Jesus. Save my soul. Cleanse me. If you are coming back to him, tell him you are sorry for your sins. Tell him to forgive you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for these ones that you've drawn to yourself. They've not come to meet any man but you. You've not called them here because we want their money, Lord. We don't even want their membership if that is not your will for them. All we want for them is that they will come into relationship with the living Jesus. And then we have a tangible and real relationship with the living God. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. Give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Let's put our together for the Lord Jesus. For his kindness.